right, day 70. Welcome back to the Windows and Mirrors podcast. I'm John. And I'm Keith. And remember, this is a podcast where we're trying to show you that the Bible is more like a window than it is a mirror. We come to it to look through it and see God. We don't come to it primarily uh, to look at it and see ourselves. First things first, want to do a special uh, Patreon shout out. Abina, she's been rocking with us since day one. Yo, Abina, if you're out there, thank you so much. We're excited, praying for your work at uh vanderbilt, vanderbilt yeah. and yeah continue to do your thing yeah yeah keep going keep going oh. really proud of you yeah yeah absolutely all right so judges yeah. last day of the book of judges last right day. so just really quick um to kind of know where you are just remember where we've been right, right. The first two chapters of judges is the prologue right? right that gives you the guide and how to read the book it's going to show you the pattern three through 16 is going to give you the judges the right. cycle of the judges you have six major judges six minor judges and then abimelech thrown right. in as well 17 to 21 right two prologues to end off the book right or excuse me epilogues right right conclusions yeah to what the time was like in the day in the days of the judges and listen the bible doesn't want to just blatantly tell you everything right it wants to show you right right right, right? so in 17 there was a man that's how the text starts <laughs> right it starts off a new section Right, we get introduced to this game. Uh, this guy named Micah, right. and his name literally means "who is like Yahweh." Right, right. The the presumable answer is no one. However, he doesn't act like it. <laughs> right, so Micah, alarm should be going off in our head because Micah, he wild, bro. He stole eleven hundred pieces of silver from his mama. All right, <laughs> bro, stealing from out his her purse. Out of purse. <laughs> so something's wrong already. Alarm should be going off in our head. Right, stole eleven hundred pieces of silver from his mom, gives it back to her. She thanks God for it. Then she builds a shrine, right. a carved image, and they start worshiping this pagan god. Right. So they're breaking all kind of commandments. Yep. Then he finds a Levite and says, hey, you come be my personal priest. Right. Right. So the Levite, Levites were only supposed to um, go into ministry at 30 years old, bro. Right. The text says he was young. Yeah. Another break, break another commandment. Right. right. He comes and he's supposed to worship publicly yeah. at the temple or the sanctuary, yeah. but he's worshiping in someone's house to a pagan god. Right. So you just see the people of God. Yeah. This is their... Uh, spiritual and religious decay right. and depravity, and it'll also show the moral de depravity yep. as well. And one of the things that you're going to see, I, I I think, in these two epilogues that just capture the thrust of the whole book. Yeah, everybody just doing what they want to do. Everybody, everybody's doing what's right in their own eyes. Right, mm -hmm. there is no moral compass. There is no calibration. There's nobody here trying to set things straight and the people that should be trying to set things straight yeah. are hiring out their services to the highest bidder. Yeah. Um, Edmund Burke, I think he says this quote, um, he who serves God for money will serve the devil for better wages. That's good, bro. He who serves God for money that's good. will serve the devil for better wages. Yeah. And that's what you, like people, right, that want something from God mm. will at the end of the day want something and if they feel like there's a better means to get that thing mm. then they do that and what we see here is everybody's doing what's right in their own eyes and what's funny is man i think um the, the text shows us and um i think experience shows us as well is that christianity the true faith of the true and living god is not like a drink right that can be diluted right, right? they're like oh i can have a little bit of this part of christianity right. but i can water down the rest yeah right it can't be watered down right christianity operates in such a way bro that to add anything to it right is to lose the whole thing all right, right 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 and so you see the syncretism here where he's like i want a levite 
But I yep. want the Levite for right. right my pagan gods. So you see the syncretism of the mixing of religions, which is so prevalent here in the book. And then in, in 18, bro, it's not just the spiritual and religious decline of a person. It's of a whole tribe, right? Mm. So the tribe of Dan right. is wilding, right? Wow. And so they say, Levite, hey, you want to move on up? <laughs> move on up, right? Don't just be the priest for Micah. Come be the priest for us and our whole tribe and to our pagan gods that we want to worship. We're going to actually take y'all's gods <laughs> and you can be the priest for our whole tribe. So you see like an entire people group yep. uh, just turning away. Yeah. And then you look at the book of Joshua mm-hmm. and what you see is the people of God fighting their enemies being mm-hmm. told to put them out of the land yeah judges starts off and you see god saying hey continue in this conquest mm-hmm. drive them all from the land right and remember what we said at the start you cannot domesticate what god has told you to destroy mm. by the end of the book you see them fighting but they're not fighting their enemies yeah they're fighting each other which is this sign of judgment from Mm -hmm. god right Mm -hmm. remember gideon remember all of these folks when they come down and what you have is like god will uh turn these armies on one another their swords on one another they start to fight one another here at the end of the book you see the circumstances that lead towards the people of god not conquering other nations but in Mm -hmm. a civil war with one another yeah. And you know, it's funny, man. Um, at the end of 18, <clears throat> so one, the Levite, right? The right. Levites, is, it's crazy because they were supposed to be the most holy right. and the most blameless yeah. people in the in the nation because of their proximity to God and, right. their, and their world. Um, but you see him here, the uh, major decline. But also at the end, it says that uh, Jonathan yeah. was Moses's grandson. Mm. So you just see like even there how our religious heritage doesn't make us righteous, right? Yeah. And it's like, if anybody should have known what to do, Moses, that's Moses my grand, grandpa. Grandboy, yeah, yeah. Like, and so he, you see he even, even here, he's uh, wilding as well with the people of God. It's been a lot, or it's been a lot of time and a lot of books since, um, yeah. since Deuteronomy, mm-hmm. but we have to remember, there hasn't been a whole lot of time that's passed. Right. A couple generations. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And so, and then 19, man, is one of the um, saddest chapters in the Bible. And I want to say this, that when you come to a passage of scripture that makes you uncomfortable, yeah. sometimes that's the point. Right. Right. Mm. And and sometimes it's the text is, is, is set out in such a way that it wants us to see the uh, depravity of humanity and everything the Bible explains it doesn't endorse right right so mm, sometimes that's good. scripture is explaining what happened right and how they need right god to step in and intervene right right and this is such the case right where you have you know the moral decline right. so you had the spiritual decline in 17 18 right. and then in 19 to the rest of the book it's moral decline and chaos and man you know um yeah we, you can we will miss you on the details just because Right. It's just so much to get into, but at the end of the day, we have you know the rape, the murder, and indifference uh, to a woman who right. is not named in this text. Right. But and it leads to a full out war against the tribe of Benjamin. Right. And um, this text, uh, many have pointed out, echoes and parallels Sodom and Gomorrah, right. where you see that Israel yeah. has become even worse 
right. than Sodom and Gomorrah, right. right? This is the depth and epitome. They have become the epitome of sin and depravity where they are now worse than the Canaanites. Right. And so you see that, yeah, they will be judged ultimately. Yeah. And the text will say that this kind of stuff went on <laughs> until they were exiled from the land. Right. Um, but they need a savior. They need a righteous king to come in. They need a king. Yeah. And change things in, yeah. the, in the life of Israel. Yeah. The very last verse of the book. In those days, there was no king in Israel. Mm -hmm. Everyone did what seemed right to him, or they all did what was right in their own eyes. Mm. And in that last verse, you have both a diagnosis and a solution. Yeah. You have both the predicament and the cure, mm. right? That it's a, uh, ah, what you see here is uh, everybody did what was right in their own eyes. Mm. And they attribute it to the fact that there's not a king on the throne. And so yeah. the hope is maybe the way forward is a righteous king. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And you know what's funny is the Levite, we see the Levite in right. this text acting morally corrupt. He was supposed to be the most spiritually mature because of his proximity to God. Right. So that's the priest. Right. We see that there's no prophet. Right. right? There's no prophet bringing the word. The angel mm. of the Lord functioned as the prophetic mediator in this right. period. The prophetic word isn't coming. Yeah. We see there's no king. Right. Right. There's no king to rule the people of God with justice and righteousness. And so you even see that the scriptures are yearning for right. all of these offices to work in harmony right. together so the people of God can live in faithfulness. And the Lord Jesus... A righteous and just king is yeah. going to come and he's going to say, hey, I'm prophet, priest, and king. Right. And I've come to lead the people of God into righteousness, into justice, into blessing uh, forever. And so uh, the text is longing for that and it, it should make us hope and cry out for it right. as well. Yeah. yeah. And this is the cliffhanger, mm -hmm. right? Yep, yep. When we do Ruth tomorrow. Yeah. Ruth is going to be the honey that's found in the dead carcass that is the book of Judges. That's good. This shining spot, this miracle of God that's going to point the way forward to mm -hmm. First Samuel and us understanding, all right, how's God going to bring the mm. king on this throne? Nothing goes right when God's people do what is right in their own eyes. Uh, that's good. But only when they do what is right. His. Yeah, let's pray. Father, I pray that you would help us to live based on what you say, not what we see. I pray that we would eagerly, Lord, seek to see the world through your eyes, and that would govern how we live, how we act, how we move, how we trust, who and what we fear. Uh, help us to be courageous, Lord, in the face of so many things in our world that would drive us to fear and to turn our backs on you. Uh, we thank you, God, for your word. We thank you for the power that lies in it. We pray we would feel that power deeply today. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.